Welcome to Fragments of Blue. Join Grace and Laura each week as they discuss the power of Scripture to guide us through life's complexity into a greater love of God. Welcome back to Fragments of Blue. I'm Grace. And I'm Laura. And today, this is kind of going to be a little bit more conversational, but the topic today is something I have been learning lately. I'm using the word learning loosely, something that has kind of been battered over my head in a really painful, personal mm-hmm. way, which I won't get into. <laughs> but the point is, is like it, I feel like this has been like um, a really challenging lesson that God has been teaching me that I think is really important that I need to remember. I think this is a tendency I have particularly strongly. And I also think that it's very possible that people listening to this podcast may have gotten this message from me mm-hmm. <laughs> a bit. And I'm, I'm worried that that is the case. And I don't want that to be the case. And part of the reason why I think it's so kind of dangerous is that so much of it is true. So much of it is good. And it corrupts very quickly. So the gist of it is that so much of what I've been learning the last number of years that I felt has been so exciting and so wonderful is that all the world is God's, that all truth, goodness, and beauty comes from him. And so to learn about truth, goodness, and beauty is inherently to learn about God. And one of the reasons we even chose the name Fragments of Blue is the poem talking about this is the idea that when we see blue, the color blue in nature, which is so rare, it it makes us desire to look up to the heavens. Mm -hmm. And so there was this kind of idea, which I think is good and true, Mm -hmm. that we can find these things as we look around us that draw our eyes heavenward. And some of those things are much more clearly from God, things like his word. This is his special revelation to us. The revelation of his son is his primary revelation of himself to us. But then kind of the thing that felt so exciting to me is the idea that we can find revelations of God everywhere. And that is a true thing mm-hmm. that, you know, the God's general revelation that you, you can look at his world, look at, look at human nature and see his reality everywhere. The, the truth of his goodness. And, you know, like I even think of things like well-written novels as part of mm-hmm. God's general revelation, as you have writers exploring the depth of human nature and revealing to you what humans are really like when they do that truthfully, you learn about God and what it means to be human. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, I really do believe that. But I think the danger in this is that in your desire to have this positive, open view to all that the world has to offer and its wisdom that is from God, that the basis for discerning right and wrong begins to reside in you. What is true, good and beautiful is determined and judged by you. And I have to admit, I haven't fully wrapped my head around all of the details, so some of my language here might be a bit halting. But the idea then is is that wisdom can be an independent enterprise. Mm. And I would say that I think the person of our time that epitomizes the pursuit of wisdom and who has really gotten great wisdom independently is Jordan Peterson. Mm. I knew you were going to say him. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think I he agree. really does stand out as a man who has in fact 
achieved great wisdom. And yet, if the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, it is a wisdom that is leading him to death. Mm -hmm. If he does not turn and see that apart from God, his wisdom is fruitless. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a reason why so many Christians find him very appealing. But I think there's a danger to that as well. Because when you look at the temptation of Eve in the garden, the fascinating thing about it is when the serpent shows her the fruit and is like, you will gain wisdom from this. You will know the like knowledge, knowledge of good, of and, good evil. and evil. Yeah. The thing... And then, and then when it goes on to describe what Eve notices about the fruit, everything that she notices about the fruit is objectively good. Mm -hmm. She says that it, like, it's beautiful to the eyes, mm -hmm. good for eating, and good for attaining to knowledge. All of these things are objectively good things. The only thing that she has to say that it is bad doesn't seem to be related to the fruit. That is, the fruit, the thing that she's been told that is bad about is that it will cause her to die, mm -hmm. which God said to her, but doesn't seem to be um, directly related to the fruit. In, instead, what that seems to be is an exterior punishment that God puts on the mm -hmm. fruit, but the fruit itself is still all it's on its, its own. It's more like the good. action, like the action taken results in disobedience the disobedience is what leads to death right so right? you can wonder not the fruit then, itself you can wonder then like what's wrong with taking why like mm -hmm. what's the deal you know and mm -hmm. and then so kind of this challenge that i received came through a person who was had been studying this passage for a long time and kind of their comment was, you know, one of the big downfalls of our age, especially in our scientific age, I don't think we realize how much the scientific worldview has like sunk really deep into the bones to the point we don't even think of ourselves as thinking like scientific people. Mm -hmm. But the idea that we have in our modern world is this idea that the pursuit of knowledge is inherently righteous mm -hmm. and it is our right. Yeah. Therefore, any limitation on our pursuit of knowledge is wrong mm -hmm. and god put a really clear limitation on the pursuit <laughs> of knowledge yeah. which is fascinating and should really strike the modern person who believes that curiosity is inherently a sign of goodness mm -hmm. should really strike us as pretty shocking i think if we don't wrestle with that reality it's probably because to some extent we have believed the lie that we have a right to knowledge on on our terms. Mm -hmm. And the fascinating thing with the situation with Eve is that if she had wanted to know anything, to gain any amount of wisdom, she could have gone to God. Mm -hmm. She absolutely could have gone to God. And he may have said yes, and he may have said no. Very likely, most of the time, he would have said yes. You know, like, yeah. like you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is, like, being in relationship with God is the point. And I was kind of, I was kind of trying to sort out in my head, like, why does that feel frustrating? Why does that feel like it kind of rubs you the wrong <laughs> way? And I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but certainly I've experienced this as a kid and certainly as an adult, but it kind of rings particularly true as a kid, where, like, you knew a kid who had, like, a toy that you really liked, and they'd be like, oh, well, I'll share this with you. And you're like, yeah, that's really nice. I just want to have it for myself. Mm. I don't want to have to, like, go to your house to be mm -hmm. able to have it. I don't want to have to, like, continue this relationship in order <laughs> to have this toy. You know what I mean? Like, I just want this thing. Uh -huh. I think for men, it's like a tool. They could just go to their neighbor and borrow this tool. On, okay, You know, they mm -hmm. have a very obliging neighbor. 
but they would like to own it. Mm. Thank you very much. And I fully feel that way. And I wonder if there's that element with our pursuit of knowledge and wisdom. And I recently had an area of knowledge. Basically, I'm saying this in terms perhaps a little bit more black and white than they feel, but I've kind of recently had some knowledge, basically, I think, told by God, being like, no, you don't get this right now. Mm. And it was like, what? (laughs) And he's like, no, you legitimately don't know how to handle this rightly. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I am super wise. (laughs) Um, Yes, I can. (laughs) And it was really, really frustrating. And I think it's a little hard to communicate, like, without getting into the details, which I don't Mm -hmm. want to do, exactly how shaking this was. Mm -hmm. But this person who was challenging me, their comment was, Laura, you like to take all knowledge and integrate it into a cohesive system. Mm -hmm. Anything, anything out there, whether it's knowledge of trees or decor or poetry, like everything seems like it can become part of a coherent system of knowledge. And that is absolutely true. I love to do that. I love creating a cohesive view of the world that explains things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I can explain why God's way is best in every way. Mm. which I think think is so arrogant. (laughs) Do you think some of that is like, I think sometimes we want knowledge. We want all the knowledge we can get on certain subjects. We don't always want knowledge, to be honest. There's certain areas we don't want to know, but in some areas we want the knowledge because it helps us feel in control and we don't have to trust. We don't have to trust that something is true based on somebody else's knowledge because we've gained it for ourselves. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I think there is an aspect of faith that I find unappealing (laughs) that feels really anti-intellectual. And again, I haven't exactly sorted out where that's right and where that's wrong. I'm just convinced that at some level, I think wrongly about it. Because I do think there is a way that sometimes you get within the Christian community where they talk about faith that I think is mostly just stupidity. Mm -hmm. I don't think God thinks faith A good faith is, you know, like a complete stranger coming up to you Mm -hmm. and saying, give me your purse and I will and I'll hold it for you while you go and do this Mm -hmm. thing. And you don't have a sweet clue who they are. They've never given you any reason to trust them. And you're like, I should have faith. Mm -hmm. And off you go. I think that's stupid. At the same time, I think the kind of wisdom that the serpent offered Eve, which is faith isn't in a person or wisdom and truth isn't found in a person. It is found in you ascertaining for yourself what Mm -hmm. is true. I think there is something faithless about that that I have a really hard time with. Um, I think like in our society today, we always think it's better if you've verified it for yourself, that you don't take someone's word at face value. In fact, if I take someone's teaching or information and I pass it on to you, and I didn't go to the, the source and find it out for myself, then why on earth would you trust it from a, a third party? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's just really common. Like, have you fact-checked it? <laughs> have yeah. you verified? Like, yeah. it's so common in our culture and society. And obviously, to some extent, that's perfectly justifiable mm-hmm. because human beings are not yeah. fully trustworthy. Yeah, but I think we do it to God, too. I think too, we do it to God. Right? Whether we realize it or not, yeah. there's an element of, like, you say this in your word. But prove it <laughs> like like yeah. until i yeah. am convinced yeah i retain my we've all right. become doubting thomases right yeah. like first um, show us the nail scars and then yeah. we believe yeah. yeah so i guess the way that i feel like this works out practically is that i want to become more aware of the way i engage with the pursuit of knowledge and see whether 
the knowledge I'm pursuing encourages or discourages an intimacy with God. Which isn't just like some some knowledge will it will it will mm-hmm. depend on you. So for example, you know, if you're going to like learn algebra, I think that's <laughs> potentially neutral in terms of like whether you are going to pursue this as an expression of growing closer to God and learn mm-hmm. and learning from him versus gaining independence. But I think there are some areas of knowledge which I, I'm not going to say you cannot engage with, but I think have inherently underneath them a philosophy that is about independence. Mm-hmm. I love listening to Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. I think that's an, he's an example of that. Mm. I think you can learn from him. Mm-hmm. But I think if in your listening to people like that, to watching YouTube videos, to scrolling the internet, reading articles, if your love of knowledge of anything, like it can be benign, it can be big stuff. Jordan Peterson deals with like hard hitting big issues. Mm -hmm. So it could be that stuff or it can be like, I desire to learn about gardening. I want to watch this thing on hunting. I want to watch this thing. If any amount of knowledge, if the result is a decreasing intimacy with Christ, a feeling of this is my area of knowledge that I get Mm -hmm. to pursue, this sense of right, you know, I have a right to pursue this area of knowledge, Mm -hmm. then I would say like, knowledge can kick the can. That's where knowledge puffs up, right? Yeah. Instead of building up. You know, you just like, you just find the phrase, the Grace, Bible. that makes well, it very simple. That's the Bible, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Bible made it simple, and I just happened to have known that verse. Exactly. <laughs> Knowledge puffs up, love builds up. I think we actually have talked maybe about this before in a podcast, like how certain knowledge, it's not ours, and the pursuit of it just makes us proud, arrogant maybe, thinking we're better than others. And we lose love for people as a result of it. And we possibly lose love for God. You know, but the crazy thing, the thing that really blindsided me with this was I did not see those parts. Mm. Like I felt like, I've specifically felt the last number of years that the knowledge and wisdom I was gaining, oh, I was gaining oh so much, (laughs) was like godly. Yeah. Like, I felt like I was learning about God, learning about the goodness of his world, like re- really mm-hmm. and truly, like becoming convinced, oh, God's way is good. God's mm-hmm. way is best. God is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, it all felt very confirmed. And so, I, so I'm so i just, I, I, I'm saying that because I, I don't want people to assume that they might not be walking this path. Yeah. I think you like. I, th- I think probably most Christians actually are walking this path to an extent. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was like turning down my nose at people. I felt like I understood, oh, people are at different stages and that I I just, I think I felt that I was actually really (laughs) self-aware. Oh my goodness. It's embarrassing to say this even out loud. Anyway, I think I have to, I still have to do a bit more thinking about it because I'm not fully aware of like all the implications for myself. I can think of a lot of implications for other people, obviously. (laughs) But I do think that the key thing, the really key thing is if there is a pursuit of knowledge that makes your personal relationship with God feel not so irrele- not so relevant to gaining knowledge mm-hmm. if if what you are learning is making you feel like you are becoming wise apart 
from God, you mm-hmm. are gaining wisdom and you don't you, like, like you can listen to Jordan Peterson. It's just, that's like mm-hmm. way better than reading Proverbs. Like <laughs> you're kidding easier. yourself. Yeah, <laughs> it is way easier. Like, like you're just yeah. fooling yourself. Yeah. That is not how this works. And the other thing was uh, uh, a few days ago, I was reading through Matthew and Mark and came to the passage about uh, the little children. Mm-hmm. I'll just read the passage quick. This is Mark ten thirteen. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. <laughs> and this really, really struck me as kind of the perfect visual for the struggle, you know, the desire to be wise, to gain the independence, to not have to return to your father Mm -hmm. for wisdom. And the idea that like, that is exactly what we're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. We want to know something, we return to our father. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't actually ever want us to outgrow that. Like it's what Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that's hard about it too, is it feels so different from all of our other relationships as they get healthy you know, our relationship with our parents, obviously, to some extent, we do stop returning to them all Mm -hmm. of the time. And that is a sign of hopefully maturing Mm -hmm. and increasing in true wisdom. But that doesn't work that way with God, that actually an increase in wisdom and an increase in maturity results in like an increasingly going to Mm -hmm. God and being at his feet like the little Increasingly childlike faith. Yeah. 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 We become increasingly childlike before God. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, oh, that just kind of felt really humbling. I thought I'd become so wise. <laughs> I had not. Yeah, that's maybe, that. that's about as much as I have to say about that, I <laughs> I like that idea and that picture of, like, increasing childlikeness. Because I think about the way kids respond to adults and especially to parents And how during that phase of childhood where you think your parent knows everything and they're your hero and you love them and you do things to impress them, (laughs) you know what I mean? But your whole life, if if your relationship with a parent is good as a child, your whole life is that connection to them, right? Like you really, really rely on them. You rely on them for your food, your clothing, your shelter. But more than that, you rely on them for spiritual direction. You rely on them for your, you know, emotional stability and all of those things to, to take care of you when you're afraid. All of that is like you go to them first. Mm-hmm. They're the people that you trust the most mm-hmm. for all of those things. And the increasing childlikeness in faith means that we realize I can't rely on myself for those things. I go to God, who is the maker of the universe, mm-hmm. for my emotional support for my spiritual growth for my food for my clothing for my shelter he's the one that takes care of me Mm -hmm. and he's the one that holds all of this together so i think as we grow in faith our recognition of the power omnipresence omniscience of god like all of that grows and that's why we become more like kids are with their parents Mm -hmm. because we recognize who he is in his position Mm -hmm in the whole universe and in relation to us. Mm -hmm. 
I also think it makes you realize that the true, I think the scientific outlook, and I'm, I'm not trying to bash science. Like I have a pretty high respect for the scientific method. And I think mm-hmm. the scientific kind of spirit grew out of a Christian civilization mm-hmm. for a reason. Yeah. But where it goes wrong is the assumption that reality is inherently understood through our observation. And it is inherently a thing that we encounter as an object apart from us, as opposed to the nature of reality being fundamentally personal, in which we are engaged in it and therefore are not trustworthy. Like we are not like outside of the object of our knowledge. We are within all of reality and therefore like are truly incapable of being the objective scientist. And all of reality underpinned by God is relational. Mm-hmm. And so the the our fundamental posture towards knowledge is not scientific. It is not. Mm-hmm. Our fundamental posture towards knowledge is relational. Mm-hmm. And that means, and, and it makes sense when I think about it that way, and I think about my relationship with Nathaniel, I like do not act as if, even though I think I'm very astute mm-hmm. and a very good observer, I actually am always blown away by the number of times where Nathaniel said, you have totally misread the situation, Laura, <laughs> that is not what is happening. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. I totally <laughs> have misread the situation. And the idea that my pursuit of knowledge can actually be very similar. I have totally misread the situation. Mm-hmm. I am out of my depth. Truth, goodness, and beauty are too big for me. Mm-hmm. I need to return to my father. Mm-hmm. And if he and if he wills to like reveal this thing that I am asking about, then that's great. But his primary aim is closeness with us, mm-hmm. not the increasing of our knowledge. But of course, as we grow close to him, our knowledge will increase. Blah, blah, blah. But like <laughs> the order, yeah. the order is significant. Anyway, I have talked so long about this. <laughs> it's interesting that you often, like you mentioned Jordan Peterson so much. And I mean, I've watched a lot of interviews with him and things too. And it's, I feel like what we've been able to see with him is a journey towards faith and not just a hunger for knowledge. I do see him like he started to fall in love with God's word, but I feel like he's not quite there yet. Do you know what I mean? Like he doesn't seem to have quite got to the point where he's really ready to submit and let God be the Lord of his life. Yeah. When he speaks about scripture, like he clearly has a lot of respect mm-hmm. for it. My concern is that there is a sense of him dealing with it like a wise piece of literature, which right. he is to understand. Mm-hmm. He never is encountering a person who he must reckon with. Yeah. But I think, you know, in the interviews, that's what we see. But I do think that God has is in this place of calling him and revealing himself to him. And I'm curious where it'll end up, because it also puts me in mind of Oscar Wilde and some of his mm-hmm. journey when he was mm-hmm. in prison. Mm-hmm. And he did a lot of searching and Bible reading during that time. And I mean, he had a bit of an Anglican background being from England. (laughs) You know, the Church of England was in schools and everything. They had religious education. But there was a point, if you read, what's it called? De Profundis by him. There's a point where he's talking about Jesus in a way that it's like, wow, he's falling in love with the wisdom of God's word and with Jesus himself. And he's finding him good and he's finding him beautiful. And then he misses the mark. He refuses to repent, to bow the knee, and instead just thinks of him as just part of the beauty of the world around us. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. and 
He refuses to reckon with reality as a personal entity. Right. And I think yeah. that is the tendency of Jordan Peterson with mm -hmm. all his archetypes is the idea that I don't want to have to reckon with the person behind mm -hmm. this. I'm really happy to take the fruit, yeah. the knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. I'm really happy to get all that wisdom of God. Mm -hmm. Please don't make me reckon with God. So I hope, yeah. I really hope Jordan Peterson becomes a Christian. Yeah. I think that would be wonderful. I would love for his family to be saved. I mean, obviously you hope that for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's so painful seeing someone who is so legitimately wise. And it feels like you're, mark. but they're on the cusp and yeah. you're like, come on. So, it's, but it's that bigger step of faith because at one point, there's a point where you won't know everything. Yeah. And trust comes into play. Trust that God's word is true and trust that he is the only way. Yeah. But I think the reason why I think it's so, why those people who seem so close are often so far is because mm -hmm. they are getting exactly what they want mm -hmm. without God. Yeah. Which is the wisdom. Yeah. Right? And I think all of us can be Christians and live like that. So mm -hmm. we could be getting what we want out of this yeah. and not have to reckon with the fact that God is really intrusive and he will mm. he will be a person living with you. Yeah. And and he wants your whole life, your yeah. whole self. Yeah. Not just bits and pieces. Like I think we're going to post the one we just recorded before this. So I'll say it. So like we were saying in this previous podcast with this guy's testimony, like we can't be eating from the table of the world or from in the in the guy's testimony it was demonic, but we can't eat at that table anymore. Mm -hmm. We have a heavenly banquet waiting for us. Mm -hmm. You know, we're already a part of the kingdom of God. We're citizens of heaven. And so to act like we're not and grasp for things of the world. Yeah, it's it's fruitlessness. And yeah, I just think like you can be so wise and you can have so much knowledge and still grasp for the things of the world and be unwilling to bow the knee before God, to like get on our faces before him and prostrate ourselves and worship him. Yes. Instead I feel of ourselves. like God shoved me down on my face. <laughs> and I was like Oh, <laughs> this is hard. <laughs> That's why it's so much better if we humble ourselves in front of a mighty God and let him lift us up. You know, it's so like, funny. It's so let funny. him push us A few down. months ago, I started praying. I said, like, God, I'm sure I'm really proud in some mm -hmm. ways. I want you to humble me. <laughs> like, I legitimately was praying that actually pretty mm -hmm. regularly. And I was mm -hmm. like, I know it's like a bold prayer. <laughs> but, you know, I'm bold. I mean, I, obviously, I don't say stuff like this, but, you know. And then he did. And it was like, yeah. I did not see this one coming. <laughs> anyway, it was kind of painful. Mm. I often would pray instead. I'm like, oh, God, please. Like, I know that you could break me. <laughs> Just be gentle. I know that if you're going to use me, you need to break me. Please be gentle. <laughs> I did not want to say, please <laughs> break me. Please humble <laughs> me. <laughs> well, sorry that you've gone through all that. I mean, not sorry. No. But I, like, I know that it's difficult. Yeah. It's hard. I, w I am really glad. Yeah. I just, I still feel a little bit discombobulated. Mm. And on that word, <laughs> we'll leave you. Thank you so much for listening to Fragments of Blue. Join us again next time.